Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey guys, Steve here. You are listening to one of our original 26 episodes. If you've listened to any of our new episodes, you're going to notice that we're sounding a little different in these ones. Yeah, there's a reason for that. There is. They've been remastered. They have been remastered. Because they had a really annoying hum. Yeah, I mean, a huge thanks to uh, listener James for doing almost all of the legwork on this thing. You'll also notice if you had listened to what we're calling the Lost 26 episodes before, and you're re-listening now, the music and sound effects are gone. Yes, we've we've gone back to straight audio. So, be warned, we sound a little different today than we do in what you're about to listen to. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh Bye. Okay, bye. Thinking Sideways. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Wait, do you hear that? What is that? It's a foghorn. It's annoying, right? A little bit. Yeah. So now imagine listening to that for hours or days or weeks or years. No. Mm, I go crazy. That's an annoying noise. What is that noise? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. Welcome to Thinking Sideways. I'm Devin. I'm, I'm Steve. And I'm Joe. We're going to talk about uh, UVB 76 or the buzzer today. That's what that noise is. UVB 76? Yeah. Um, so this station transmits a buzzing sound that lasts uh, about a second, pauses for a second, you know, you just heard it. Uh, it repeats 21 to 34 times a minute all day long for years. 21 mm-hmm. to how much? 34. Times. So about every other second or so. About. It's yeah. not exact. Yeah. And what's, uh, what's the range? I mean, where can, can we pick this up in the U.S. or is it? Sometimes. Uh, really? But not always. Depending on atmospheric conditions and yada, yada, yeah. yada. Is it broadcasting to this day? Yes. And it's been broadcasting how long? So it's been broadcasting since at least 1982. Um, that's the first actual recording of it. But uh, there have been reports of it as back as far as uh, 1976. Wow. Mm. Um, which is apparently when the U.S. started monitoring it. So maybe even longer than that. Mm. So what is it? So I've listened to this thing a lot. It's been on my radar forever, no pun intended. Do you, you, go, to, you go to sleep to it? Sometimes. Yeah. It's kind listen? of soothing Actually, after a while. That's kind of the thing I would wake up to. That sounds a lot like my <laughs> clock alarm. After uh, the first couple repetitions, it kind of has this soothing, not like, it's not like the ticking of a clock. It's not quite that repetitive, but it's still repetitive enough that... It's soothing to me. At least I understand I'm crazy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can hear people talking in the distance behind this thing often, which means that it's a tone that comes from a device in front of a live microphone, not recording. As in a speaker with a microphone in front of it? Yeah, as in like a maybe actually a foghorn that is there 
and it goes in front of a microphone that is connected to the broadcaster that broadcasts it out. And actually, the current theory is that it's two different transmitters, maybe likely within the same building, maybe within a couple rooms of each other, because you can hear things in the background that are consistent. Mm-hmm. But that one goes, and then there's a pause, and the other one goes, and then there's a pause, and it goes, and you can kind of hear that variation if you listen again really closely. Hold on, listen. A little, a little bit. It's slight. It's very slight. There are some recordings where it's way more apparent. Uh, And it will not surprise you to know that these come out of Mother Russia. Of course. Good old Mother Russia. Mm -hmm. A land of men chasing bears with bats. So we're not here to talk about this noise, although it is weird. We're not? No. We're here to talk about what happens when the noise stops. Nuclear warfare? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bite. When and why did the noise stop? Hold on. What is he reciting a bunch of numbers and letters in Russian or what? He is. Yeah. This uh, transmission is from, this specific one is from uh, December 24th, 1997. It was the first recorded vocal transmission of the stop of the buzzer. Um, and if you would really like to know, I can tell you what he says, but it's, it doesn't really matter. It's in code, yeah. obviously. How long does the message go on for? How many characters? Um, so with the exception, one exception, all of the messages are one or two call signs, which says where they're, what they're broadcasting from. And then it's one or two more number sets of completely varying length. It goes from, I've heard some that are like, five or six and i've heard some that are like 20 or 30 um which is another thing that makes it a little creepy i think that it's not just like the same message going out every time so that one went out and then one went out on december 9th 2002 one went out on february 21st 2006 and that was it for four years those were the only vocal those were the only vocal has anybody like um, cross-check those dates with events in Russia on those particular dates? Yeah, and they come up with nothing. Really? Nothing uh-huh. of any kind of consequence. So it's totally benign. It seems that way, yeah. Uh, no, it's out of Russia. It's nothing, nothing out of Russia. It's benign. <laughs> <laughs> Three years ago, uh, the transmission just disappeared. Like, actually <laughs> disappeared. Like, just went off the air. The buzzer just went off the air. Oh, I don't know if you know it, but they don't have electricity in Russia now for about <laughs> three years. Three years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, on June 5th, 2010, uh, UVB went silent for 24 hours and then resumed normal buzzing. Uh, and then on the 10th, uh, at approximately 2130, uh, which is in coordinated universal time, uh, there was a series of Morse code beeps emitted with the buzzer just for just under four minutes. 
And then a little bit later in that day, they had another voice message that was very, very short. Uh, two days later, the, si- the signal went completely silent again. And then it was followed by a series of thumping sounds that were apparently in the same room as the open microphone, which was followed closely by a hail of electronic noises, which faded quickly into the buzzer broadcast. Uh, later that day, voices were heard conversing loudly behind the buzzer. So the janitor walked into the room, knocked a bunch of stuff around, somebody fixed it, and then they were in there complaining about him? Is that what I'm uh, gathering? It kind of sounds like that, doesn't it? It kind of does. Or somebody was having sex in there. Maybe. It, I mean, it could have been that, too. It, sh- no, nobody really knows what happened there. And then on September 1st, the buzzer was interrupted by 38 seconds of Dance of the Little Swans from Ty- Tchaikovsky's uh, Ballet of the Swans. And a Morse code signal accompanied that fragment. So it was right underneath it. Um, on September 5th, a female voice, voice was heard counting from 1 to 9 in Russian. About an hour later, the buzzing... Uh, was silenced for a muffled male voice trying to read a message, but it was garbled. Uh, so it sounds like they were having some technical difficulties, right? A little bit. Based on the fact that it sounds like it's a microphone in front of a speaker, it doesn't sound high-tech to me at all, mm-hmm. so not shocking. Right. And then on September 7th, there was a male voice that made a broadcast. It was um, just you know a series of numbers and codes again, uh, but it was one of... Uh, 25 voice messages that would be broadcast by September 30th. So in 23 days, they sent out 25 messages after being basically silent since 76, did I say? 72. So no no human voice is on it, and then suddenly just a slew just of talking. Suddenly, yes, and then... Uh, no, I thought you said that the, the broadcasts were cut off in like 2007 or something like that, or 2010. They stopped for a while. Yeah, for and a really so, long time. Well, okay, so you said that you said there were twenty five messages in, in September of what year? Two thousand ten. Oh, two thousand ten. Okay. So it popped back up and suddenly yeah. had a flurry of no longer just the buzzer, but people chatting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, codes. Yeah, yeah. Lots of codes. Okay. Um, and okay. then between October and December of that same year, there were another fifty six voice messages sent out. Mm. Odd. Right? right. Yeah. Each of these, with the exception of the one on September 10th, um, replaced the familiar UVB76 call sign with a MDZHB call sign. So they changed the call sign. They changed their call sign. Mm -hmm. Which suggests perhaps that during their times of radio silence, of buzzer silence, uh, they were relocating. Oh, okay. Or perhaps they were overrun by rival ham radio enthusiasts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's that's definitely possible. Yeah. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. On November 11th, 2010, intermittent phone conversations were transmitted and recorded by a listener for a period of about 30 minutes. Uh, they were confidential messages. They have yet to be fully publicly translated. The phone calls mentioned the brigade operative officer on duty, 
and communication nodes like debut, nice, I can't say Russian words, but it's the Russian word for hope. And then a couple other code names for things. Um, and then a female officer says, officer on duty of communication node, debut, senior, ensign, got the control call from someone okay. And then they cut off. Hmm. And then on that same day, there was a phone call that was out that said, did you get the call? And the person responded, yes, 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 yes. And that was it. Since then, between January 5th and February 5th of 2011, um, 14 more voice messages. Have but, been. but no more buzzing, buzzing at all. Buzzing in between these Oh, still buzzing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the way that this works is that it buzzes, it buzzes, it buzzes, it goes silent for a minute, and then somebody talks, and then it starts buzzing again. Mm. It's as if this whatever is honking or buzzing into the microphone just gets shut off for a minute, and they take the mic, and they say their announcement. And then it gets turned back on. Well, as I say, it would be like this thing is buzzing and buzzing and buzzing, and it gets turned off, and you hear this Russian voice say, wow, that's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most annoying thing ever. <laughs> <I know>. This <laughs> job is terrible. <laughs> so, the, you know, there's, there's a couple theories out there about this. One is that it's a number station, uh, which is fair. What exactly is a number station? So... A number station is a shortwave radio station, um, which is used mostly by the military. Um, they're characterized by their, quote, unusual broadcasts, which is just uh, spoken words, mostly numbers. Um, they just, you know, read a string of numbers or letters, uh, usually by female voices, um, although sometimes men or sometimes children's voices are used. They're used mostly by the military um, because you send them out on, like, a... Empty AM short wavelength. You can just send your operative out with a tiny little handheld radio. They just tune it to that station and just listen to the silence all the time. And when something comes up, they'll have it. They'll hear the broadcast is happening. Usually the broadcast, and this is true of UVB, uh, when they do broadcast information, they repeat it twice. So they mm. do call sign, call sign, message, call sign, call sign, pause, and they repeat that exact same message over again, and then they go back to the buzzer. So do they, um, um, when they do actual voices and everything like that, is it the same time of the day every time? Nope. Completely different times. Mm. There's no consistency within that at So all. it's just random. Nobody totally can random. figure out a pattern. Right. Which, you know, if, if you're an operative out in the field somewhere, sure, you know, that works great. The only thing is is that it's hard to understand why... It would they would have a buzzer constantly. Why they would have a sound constantly. Because it's so much easier if you're out in the field to just say, I'm gonna tune around this time, I'm gonna tune my radio and listen to silence and as soon as I hear something mm-hmm. I'll know that I need to start paying attention. Instead of a buzzer, and yeah. then it changes in tone, sure, you know, yeah. there's a there's a distinct change, but it's nothing compared to silence. Additionally, it's an expense. Well, well, you know, you know what the beauty of it would be, though, is that if you want it, if you want that particular wavelength to be to be available for you and your operatives to use, mm-hmm. then it's a good idea to occupy it at all times because otherwise, somebody else might set up a radio station and broadcast on that particular wavelength and kind of like step all over your stuff. That's true. Although, you know? couldn't you just broadcast dead air? Dead air as in what? Static silence. or as in silence or yeah. static? Well, There's, you can't broadcast silence. Yeah. 
you have to broadcast some kind of noise. Yeah. I guess you could broadcast some kind of interference. Just like static. Like, yeah. But static some is what you, dead air would have to be static. Some sort of jamming. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, just, just so a really simple low tech solution. And this is typical of the Russians. You know, they're, they're not going to go for the high tech solution where they can come up with something cheap and down and dirty that works. Sure. So you, you broadcast an annoying buzz, an annoying loud buzz. And so nobody is going to think to try to set up a radio station broadcasting that particular wavelength that would interfere with your transmissions. That's fair. You know, That's even though, theory. even though, yeah. Yeah. The other so. theory that people had was that it was a dead hand system. And before mm-hmm. you ask, because I see that little uh, twitch of your head. Uh-huh. A dead hand is a system that automatically triggers the launch of nuclear weapons in case of a devastating strike by the enemy. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's constantly broadcasting, and when the broadcast goes dead, it means that something devastating has happened to the country. There's been some kind of really horrible attack on it. So you launch weapons at whoever the likeliest person was. They were big in the Cold War that, you know, we had them and Russia had them and a bunch of people had them and that, you know, if that tone went dead, it meant that you know, the president was dead, everyone was dead. Mm. They'd, we'd been attacked just horrifically. So... Yeah, it kind of depends on where the uh, where the transmitter was located, though. Was it, it actually, actually does. Was and it actually located anywhere near any nuclear missile silos? No... So that's the other kind of mystery is that nobody totally knows for sure where it is. Oh, really? They'd never been able to pin it down or something? I seem to, I seem to recall something about how they were it, – uh, it actually broadcast from two different locations. Is that true? Or did that's I read the, that the right? The theory is that they broadcast from two different speakers – uh-huh. But not two different locations. Okay, so the same building, just different rooms or different speakers yes. in the same room. Okay, that's the, that's the current theory. Okay. The problem with the dead hand theory is that it did go silent. Yeah, and, and no, nothing happened. Yeah. So that's pretty much bunk. Yeah. So you know, I guess the question kind of is what. Well, this thing, and why are the Russians still using this mechanical device? And that, it, well, but the buzzing is, is the buzzing still occurring? I mean, it shut off in what two thousand seven or two thousand ten? When did the buzzing stop? Never. Oh, it's still going on. It stopped for just briefly. Uh huh. Went off the air for twenty four hours. Uh huh. But but it's it, still going on. It's still going on. You can yeah. still tune in and listen to it today. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Now, I seem to remember something when I was going through, and this this might just be a troll on the internet, that somebody was saying that they had figured out what the location that it was broadcasting from was, and that when they went there, it was a derelict building that had some old, decrepit broadcasting equipment in it, and some code books and stuff like that. But since the hand was going, this was, I'm guessing, after the point where it went dead for a bit and then popped back on the air. And so that was the transition period. Yeah, yeah. That's the theory. And that's, you know, that's stuff that I've heard, too, that they found, you know, that some urban explorers found that's this. That's exactly the same story. place. Yeah, I don't know how much I believe uh, yeah, that. It's, it's the internet. I mean, every, yeah. everybody can make whatever story they want up and say, I found all this stuff, but I, I'd never disclosed it. I burned it for secrecy because I didn't want the KGB after me. Yeah. Bunk. But yeah. I've heard those stories. So I don't know if if you've ever heard anything that 
seemed concrete evidence that it had actually shifted locale. No, the most concrete, I think that it's probably true. If that story is true, which it, you know, it may well be that they found it. I, you know, I don't know why else it would go quiet for 24 hours. I mean, you know, technical difficulties, sure, but that should only take an hour or two, especially since the technology seems to be just pretty much the basics. Those vacuum tubes are hard to replace. They are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't that make them no more. Like those old toys that you would yeah. around your head. Yeah. Or a, a recording of an air raid siren or something that yeah. the tape breaks and they've scotch taped it together so many times that it just doesn't work it anymore. Does, it's not. It's that's not why it's this, That's why it emanates from Russia. You know, it's like, uh, that's, that's kind of their style. Have you heard of... The other two stations that they have that does the same, basically the same thing. They have two more stations in Russia that have been recorded, and the names are, I think it's, they're nicknamed The Pip. Oh, yeah. And The Squeaky Wheel. Yeah. And they have a very similar history of everything is just fine. Constant buzz, no big deal, and then there have been some interruptions where suddenly they're being used with vo uh, verbal casts or audio mm -hmm. being sent out, but nobody knows why that's happening, which adds a, a little more depth to the mystery of, wait, what are they doing with this? Mm -hmm. Is this travel plans for... The country's mascot, or is this air raid scenarios or mm. formations? I don't know. The pip sounds exactly like the buzzer used to sound. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. It's gone through a couple different incarnations uh, throughout the years of what it sounded like. And the pip is uh, what it used to sound like in the 80s, actually. So let's so check out the squeaky wheel. So the, the pip is... It may, be, may have been the same technology. Which sounds to me almost as if it's a heart rate monitor. So, yeah, what are they doing over there? So, Joe, you, you think that you might have had some ideas or some theories as to why these would be used? Well, no. I mean, there was the one, which is that they're basically trying to keep the channel open for communication mm -hmm. by keeping other people off the wavelength. The other one was why I asked about the, uh, the wavelength, but it doesn't really actually make sense when you think about it because if you wanted to, say, use it as a dead hand, then communicate, say, to your ballistic missile subs that Mother Russia has been nuked. Time to go. Time to go nuke the U.S. or whoever. Then you know, as a dead hand, it would work really well, except for one thing, which is that it's in a fairly short wavelength, which doesn't penetrate water very well. Mm -hmm. So, a longer wavelength, you know, like like VLF or ELF, would actually be able to reach submarines way, way far away, deep under the water. Mm -hmm. But uh, if it's AM, you know, that's all bets are off for that. So I don't think it's uh, – if it is a dead hand, it's not for communication with ballistic missile subs. Anyway, that's about it. Yeah. So that kind of shoots that theory all to hell. But that's so, why I was asking what the wavelength was. So nobody really knows what this thing is for. No, nor they, do they know who runs it. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, the theory is that it's the Russian Armed Forces, but – it's unconfirmed. You know, you can guess from the codes. You can guess from whatever you want to guess from. But 
Nobody even knows for sure that it's actually the Russian military, just that it broadcasts out of Russia. I'm guessing that the entire thing is being broadcast from Stalin's coffin. Oh. Mm. That's where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Well, it's his heart monitor. Yeah, there you uh-huh. go. And but, his, like, grunts. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've got him on life support, but he's it's it's really, he's in uh, hibernation. Mm-hmm. So it's his heart rate. And his heart rate is so bad because he's been in suspended animation. So, Suspended, suspended animation for so long that instead of going beep, 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 burp, burp, it's, it, it, that, thing, that thing's going to break down. Somebody needs to change the distributor on him. Oh, yeah, mm. definitely. It's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or, you know, it could just be aliens. Well, here's, no, it could be aliens, but I think the most likely explanation is it's probably a publicly funded, probably by U.S. dollars, Publicly funded uh, sort of art installation, uh, and so <laughs> public art. Yeah, they probably so probably some Russians probably probably you know wrote a grant request, and they're probably getting a couple of million dollars a year to, to put on this art thing. Uh, so I would suggest that you go to the go to the feds and ask them what art stuff in Russia they're funding, and you'll probably find the application in there. Hmm. So there you go. It's a good theory. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well, it good works to know. as well as anything. I don't know. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So I guess. That does it. So if you want to hear any of these recordings or read any of the links that we have for you, they're all really exciting links, uh, you can go to our website, which is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. If you have your own theory, please share it with us because there are so many theories out there and they're just so interesting. So Mm. thanks for sticking with us. Hey, good night, everybody. Beep, beep. Dasvidonia.
Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.